Everybody, Dooner, it's a dude. A nice relaxing break. We've been off since, well, I've been off at least since a very What the Truck Christmas, which was on the 17th. So it was like, this is a nice almost three weeks. It's a long time. It's, it's long nice time. to be back in the seat, though. Did you have a good time? It's the longest I think I've unplugged since I've, I've worked here. It I was, noticed cool. I didn't see you on social media much. That was part of it, you know, yeah. because I'm on social so often. I get so much of my news, yeah. so much of connections. It's so hard to like... Work is so tethered to it, right? That oh, yeah. in order to like actually go on vacation, I, I had to I had to do a sacrifice. I couldn't read any freight news, couldn't tweet about any freight. I did see a bunch of good movies though. Did you? Yeah. Did you saw see? the new Spider-Man movie. Okay. No Way Home. If you're, up, if down, you're a big up, fan down. of uh, a huge, huge up. Okay. But caveat, you're a huge mm. fan of the uh, the series with Tobey Maguire, the one yeah, yeah, with yeah, Andrew yeah. Garfield. Yeah. And the most recent ones, you'll get a lot more out of it than if you just go in blind. You'll probably be like, what, what was this stuff? Oh, it's a lot of fan yeah. service, but done right. Not like the Ghostbusters movie, okay. which wasn't that good. So on Kanto with the kids, it's amazing how good that the CGI is getting. Love that one. Yeah. Cop Shop. Usually hate Jared Butler, but he was actually pretty good in this one. It's about uh, a couple of guys locked in a police station and a big battle. It's almost like Assault on Precinct. Um, Sultan Precinct, whatever it was, 51. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah, good, yeah. though. Yeah. Don't look up also about the comet hitting the Earth, and it's kind of a parallel for the response to uh, to COVID. But the biggest thing is I got into this game called Ghost of Tsushima, and this is dangerous. It's one okay. of those open-world games that's like 100 hours to play. It takes place during feudal Japan. It's like historical fiction. You're running around trying to fight off the Mongols. You're chasing uh, yellow birds around and foxes and getting... <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> the one thing I saw, though, was the Matrix. The Matrix 4, super big disappointment. Super big disappointment. Really? Really? You, do, you took the wrong pill again? Took the wrong pill. No, you do, you're still in the boot. You're still in the <laughs> boot. Are you going to be better boot, soon? Man. I don't know, man. It, it, yeah, supposedly I am. Another couple weeks of therapy and hopefully no surgery, but maybe, maybe surgery. I don't know. I don't right. know, man. Just hack it off. I'm getting sick of this damn thing. Well, hey, 3PLs, you got party in your name, so let's act like it. Let's get to the show. Yeah. On this show, we're looking ahead to the future of biofuels. We're going to simplify how drivers get paid using AI to get ahead of fleet maintenance. Huge, huge story this year, especially as parts shortages uh, get even longer. There's actually there's a yeah. couple of truck fires over in Chicago over the weekend that were related to parts, and that's just fleets trying to extend how long everything parts for, and uh, you know, I gotta keep the trucks rolling, but it's it's causing some dangerous situations. We're also gonna look at the hell that is dwell plus much more and news. But before we get there, gotta do a little ad read here. Oh boy. You may think of AIT Worldwide Logistics as an average US forwarder, but in recent years they've evolved to become a global transportation management leader, generating more than two billion dollars in annual revenue by providing supply chain solutions for Fortune 500 companies shipping between Asia, Europe, and North America. Despite the company's exponential growth, they are still the experts when it comes to creating customized solutions to fulfill your supply chain requirements. Find out how your business can benefit from AIT Logistics Experts at Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com. Hold on, there's some hyphens in there. There are, but I wasn't going to read those. All right, AIT-Worldwide.com. <laughs> or the hyphens not that? I'm not sure, because there's a hyphen between I supposed to read com. those. Right, I thought you were trying is. to screw with me. All right, let's go to headlines before we get in any more trouble. <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? All right, Walmart. Walmart's going to hire 3,000. 
1,000 drivers and a major expansion of home delivery services. How do they find these people? It's a great resignation, man. Even Antonio Brown's quitting during the middle of games. Uh, maybe he quit to go to Walmart. Is he like the icon <laughs> of the great resignation now? He is now. <laughs> like it, you, This guy was to be forced. Remember the JetBlue guy who took like a beer and he put the slide down? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that guy was out. Yeah, he, he quit <laughs> yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Well, anyway, Brian Strait reports that uh, Walmart announced Wednesday that it would rapidly grow, which is today, <laughs> rapidly grow its home delivery service in 2022, hiring those 3,000 drivers and giving them electric delivery van. So getting a heart of that, nice. of that sustainability that's as well. Um, it was first launched in 2019. The service it was in Kansas City, Missouri, Pittsburgh, and Vero Beach, Florida. Uh, in-home delivery enables grocery and other essential items to be delivered where the customers want so they can go inside your garage, their front door, kitchen, or even inside your own refrigerator. Ooh. Okay. It was this, this was the ad where the, the garage doors were talking to each other, right? I think so, yeah. I think that's what it was. But since its debut, the service has expanded to include over 6 million potential customers. On Wednesday, Walmart said that coverage area will grow to 30 million customers by the end of 2022. Walmart associates wear cameras and use smart entry technology to access the customer's home. A smart lock is available for 49.95. You look like 2026. They expect home delivery groceries that market to be like 26% of grocery sales, which is incredible. Before the pandemic, it was That's like 3.9%, and they were really trying to figure out when this like inflection point would happen that would lure people into this concept, this idea. Yeah. This one I can get. I can, I can get it. I, you know, you go on the app, you have your favorite list, they deliver the groceries. I still use it sometimes. This one I'm not so sure about. Let's take a look at a video of what Walmart has planned for the metaverse. So you're going to put your VR goggles in here. Got a bunch of bottle of wines here. So they're trying to replicate. Your age has already been pre-verified through your profile. Well, so no nice. need to wait for an ID check. Just place the item in your cart whenever you're ready. Ooh, now it's like oh. the Matrix. So they're dropping the rooms down. Now they're going to go in the armory. You can get whatever gun you want from Walmart probably here now. Get out of here. What are they going to bring up? This is kind of, see, here's the thing, though. Now you're looking at this. Why you know how long on a computer? Smart it looks like you already have a full gallon of milk at home. Oh. Should we put this one back? Oh. So Ooh. she's going to nag you, too. She's like, you already got the milk. Put the milk back. You don't need any milk. And look, he's f she's fumbling around with the milk. Th th so here's my problem with this. This is going to get frustrating because this is replicating a lot of the worst parts of shopping. <laughs> like, haven't we refined a lot of this in e-commerce hey. by using yeah. algorithms and making lists? Your change is done. Your vehicle oh. will be oh. ready at the Wait. Tire and Lube Express. I thought you got you your oil change done, too. You can get an oil change now while you... For the fun stuff. Depends on what well, Walmart. A virtual car or a real car are they doing it on? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Can you customize it so, like, you, your shopping cart has that one wheel that gets messed up all the time, or maybe you go to the chicken counter and it's Trump selling your chicken or something like that? Can you customize it? Well, you know, it for me, the biggest problem, though, the biggest deal breaker is yeah. that, for me, going to Walmart is about meeting the people there and not having a, you know, having a virtual invite to meet people roaming around. Yeah. Socialize. <laughs> That's why I go there and socialize. <laughs> Put a blue ribbon, loud gnome. I'm out there and looking. I do like the fact that it told him that he already had milk at home. Yes. Although I don't want to know why, how it knew that. Well, why can't your smart fridge just order the milk for you then? Instead of like, you have to go all the I've got to put my stupid VR headset on and then get nagged by the virtual assistant that I already have milk. I agree. What I agree. I, want I should milk? be on my smartphone, pick a recipe, say I want to make it on Friday and it connects to my, my fridge and smart. Walmart and my shit. Does and it makes it. Just, just it makes shows it. up. Hey, so Bow Whip Effect, this is, see, there are some storylines that are starting to emerge. We were talking about this a lot last year, right? Yeah. And we're leading in, we're saying, you know, look out for parts this year, huge one. The other one's going to be the Bow Whip Effect. Now, there's going to mm. be a lot of mismatched inventory, especially in warehouses yeah. and True. warehouse transportation capacity tight with retailers potentially over-ordering. 
Where's all yeah. that freight coming from? Overordering. Todd Maiden reports, uh, December Logistics Managers Index, my favorite index, uh, trends highlights merchants' effort to meet the holiday rush. The report states, abnormally high inventory metrics combined with tight capacity and unseasonably high price growth are the drivers behind this month's continued expansion. They also suggest that some supply chains may now be carrying too much inventory, potentially a result of firms choosing the lesser of two evils and stocking up to avoid potentially missing those holiday sales. Well, holidays are over now. Yeah, they are over, but he went on to explain retailers were busy in the months leading up to the holiday shopping season. Several large chains pulled forward their inventory uh, to mitigate supply chain and transportation challenges. Yeah. Just like you said, while inventories moved higher, they still lagged the sales growth on a two-year comparison. Further, retailers kept buying in the fourth quarter, onboarding spring and summer to try and get a hold of that, uh, ahead of that stuff too, uh, ahead of that schedule, a sign that they don't expect the supply chain to uh, clear up anytime soon. No, and here's here's a report saying it right here. It goes, this could foreshadow a coming bullwhipped effect in which supply chains overordered to avoid shortages and are now dealing with the burden of having too much inventory or too much of the wrong type of inventory on hand. Both major problems in supply chain. It's not just about having the goods, it's having the goods at the right time. Because when you have dead inventory, that costs a lot of money. I don't know if you've oh, yeah. looked into warehouse space recently. Yeah, dead inventory in its place is not going to be good for you whatsoever. Well, capacity remains constrained. And, you know, if you remember about six months ago, you know, experts were saying, not us, but experts were saying, oh, you're going to have to wait till Chinese New Year. When we were like, Chinese New Year is February 1st this year. Yeah. What about Chinese New Year? The largest migratory event that happens every year <laughs> says that capacity is going to come back online when people shut everything yeah, down for two I, I weeks. Nothing. <laughs> well, this report says we're probably going to have to wait till 2023. We'll see, man. If inflation still keeps going up, um, if like activities, you know, for Christmas, my kids got swimming lessons, they got uh, soccer, they got those kind of things. If people so, can do activities more and travel more, you got savings coming like, down and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it could clear up. Uh, there's pressures. Speaking of warehouse space, if you're in warehouse space, you're looking for investments, you are in the money. Lineage Logistics is Oof, at least. They snapped man. another $1.7 billion in equity investment. They've raised $6 billion in total, and only 10 months ago, they raised $1.7 billion. They control most of the cold storage space. All these headlines and more are on FreightWaves.com. But, uh, you know, talking all this, jog my memory about a conversation we were having uh, in the locker room before we came yeah, up here. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Remember we were arguing over the uh, differences between biodiesel and renewable diesel? Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, well, you said biodiesel is a hydrocarbon produced by gasification and pryoliasis. Yeah, it, and said, it is. It's a fact. Everybody no, knows this. You got cowbell. I said, <laughs> no, that's oh, no, renewable no, no, no. diesel. Everybody knows that biodiesel oh. is a monoalkali ester produced by transesterification. Transesterification is not even real, dude. It's like a theory, isn't well, it? Well, I don't know. Well, it's a good thing we got an expert who's going to come on and explain this all to us. It's Urbicio, uh Be Bezerra. He's yeah. a marketing development manager, renewable road transportation over at Neste US. Thank you so much for joining us and happy new year. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dinner. Thanks, dude. You guys are great. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, brother. We appreciate it too. Where are you uh, dialing in from today? We're in Houston. It's it's pleasant. I mean, for Houston, I would say we're right now in the mid-60s, so it's perfect. Well, as long as oh, uh, it's not as long as it's not flooded, you're in good shape over out that way. Yeah. Um, exactly. Sure. Yeah, I would put it this way. Well, we read your title, but for those who may not know, it's a new year. Let's start fresh. Uh, who are you and what do you do? What's Neste do? Okay, so uh, I am the Neste My Renewable Diesel Market Development Manager uh, for the Americas, right? And for, for folks who didn't know Neste, right, Neste is in the business of fighting climate change. And our purpose is to create a healthier planet for future generations. That has been the goal. That has been the tone 
And it's crazy here, guys. I mean, this is exactly what they do, and we're obsessed for it. Our goal is to get more of America's existing heavy-duty vehicles running on renewable diesel. And good that you guys mentioned all the transesterification and all the things that you, you believe that it's not true. It is true. There is a lot of differences. I'm going to go through them a little bit more. Nestle is the world's largest producer of renewable diesel and a leading supplier to the U.S. cities and businesses. Just last year, we helped 3.3 million tons to be knocked out from the atmosphere on GAG emissions. It's a lot with renewable fuels alone. And this is a real meaningful climate action change happening right now. Very proud yeah, to join us and to be able to do that. Those are great numbers. Awesome. I got to give you a little calendar for that. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about these giant leaps in biofuels. I mean, are we talking about biofuels here? <laughs> this is a great question. Thanks for raising it. We're not biodiesel, right? We're talking here renewable diesel. There's a very, very important difference between biodiesel and renewable diesel. We're not the same. Although both renewable diesel and biodiesel are made from bio-based materials, renewable diesel has completely different properties, right? And why is this a giant leap in biofuels? It's because renewable diesel delivers strong performance and climate benefits. It's a today solution, guys, for transportation industry to reduce carbon footprint immediately. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to do uh, to change your trucks, engines, exhausts, nothing. All you need to do is just fill up and go. Trucks powered with renewable diesel emit no new greenhouse gas emissions from the tailpipe and up to 75% less greenhouse gas emissions on the life cycle basis compared to fossil, right? And other emissions, let's talk here, PM, nitrogen oxide, right? All that, you know, nasty stuff, great reduced compared to fossil diesel. Cleaner air, you know, less, less uh, uh, PMs, less particulars in the air. It's also free of sulfur, oxygen, and aromatic compounds. So it's really a big change and leap in regards to what we have today for solutions on reducing the trucking, the trucking emissions on a daily basis. Uh, and it's it's ready. I mean, you just go fill it up overnight, and then you knock this thing down like immediately. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you said a whole bunch of stuff there. Man. Well, so I got to ask. So at the beginning of this segment, we argued over poorly pronounced scientific terms yes. about the the differences. Uh, how is renewable diesel different from biodiesel? Okay, so renewable diesel is diesel, guys. No difference. It's chemically the same as fossil which means it is a completely drop-in solution for all diesel engines. No modifications or additional investments needed. It can be blended up to 100%. You can put 100% renewable diesel in your tank right now. It's not going to make any difference or change or benefit. Actually, it's going to improve your performance. And it can be used neat form or blended. But biodiesel has blending requirements, as you guys know, right? Oftentimes, it needs to be blended with petroleum diesel. So that's the main difference right there. Renewable diesel also delivers better carbon emission reductions than biodiesel. And renewable diesel does not contain oxygen, which means it has a longer shelf life and less risk of microbial growth compared to biodiesel. You can put this stuff in your tank and forget about it. It's not going to create any major detriment to the storage uh, and to the to the tanks uh, because it doesn't have any oxygen. It's a completely different molecule. So so let's talk about this. Let's talk about some of those performance things there. Uh, well, first of all, let's talk about what is it made out of? I mean, renewable diesel sounds well, like it's made out of old diesel, right? Sure. But what's it made out of? Sure. Renewable diesel, as the name stands for, it's made from renewable materials, right? So at Neste, we use approximately 10 different globally sourced raw materials to produce renewable products. Use cooking oil, waste animal fat, 
trash, guys. This is really trash. So remember Back to the Future? Dr. Brown yeah. coming in, putting the Mr. Fusion. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> we got trash residues. Put that thing in, and it's fuel again. It's, it's like magic. But uh, we are also researching a new generation of feedstocks, right? We hope in the future renewable diesel can be made from algae, forestry waste, municipal solid waste, and even powered liquid. So it's, it, it's, it's a game changer for sure. You know, fleets are always very concerned, though, uh, especially northeastern fleets, Canadian fleets, very concerned about cold and performance and that. Is there any shift in performance due to weather for a fuel like this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. Cold weather properties for renewable diesel, they are one of the major uh, technical specification uh, uh, benefits, right? It's often, so when talking about renewable diesel, we're talking high C10 number, greater than 70, indicating its ignition properties. That makes it easier for engines to start when the weather is cold and contributes, of course, to cleaner, more efficient combustion. When you're talking about cleaner, when you're talking about CP uh, cloud properties here, we're talking here temperatures up to minus 24 Celsius. No, minus 34. I mean, this thing has been running in, in the Nordics in Europe for years now. So it's a perfect fit for cold properties. Wow. So uh, let's talk about the fuel system. Does it have any impact on your fuel system? Zero. Nested My Renewable Diesel is the first renewable diesel to be certified as top-tier fuel, which speaks to the high quality of the fuel. It burns clean, guys. There is less wear and tear on the engine. I mean, it's that zero. Actually, it benefits the, 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 the whole engine system as a whole. There's no impact at all. Wow, that's really interesting. So when you're going to switch to this stuff, are we doing? You, do you have to clean out the thing, or, or how do you do it? How, what's needed to switch over to it? Nothing, really, dude. You just go there, lift it up, pull it back in your tank, put, put the trigger, and that's it. There's nothing you need to do. And that's the benefit of it, right? Zero capex. You're not have to make any major investments in your fleet to make it happen. That sounds like an amazing thing to do. So what are, what are the, the reductions you went through them early in there? Can you go back over those, the reductions in the emissions? You said there's like zero idling or no new emissions on, on traveling. Can you go through those again? Sure. So we're talking about emissions, right? I mean, this is, this is based on the life cycle analysis of the fuel. So from the production standpoint, where we're already sourcing trash, and until it hits the tanks at your truck fleet, we're talking an overall reduction of 75% less than if you use fossil diesel in your tanks. So it's 75% less emissions. You knock this down instantly overnight. Wow. Excellent stuff. Hey, Fabricio, thank you for, for educating us on this topic. There's actually a headline on FreightWaves this morning. One of our top yes. stories is on how biodiesels, renewable fuels, all of these different types of Energy sources are going to be the hottest topic of 2022. I and I, I believe it. it, but, you know, a lot of us are going to need some education on this, especially when you, even just the, the, the two terms here that you informed us about, confusing at yeah. first, but now we know a little bit more, and we thank you for that. People want to learn more from you. Where do we send you, them to? Okay, perfect. Appreciate it, Dunner. Appreciate, dude, for the time. And, yeah, I mean, you can reach out to us. I mean, there's a, our website. It's nestymy.com. You can go there, and then there's a lot of information, all the nuts and greets about where we produce that, how is it sourced, and everything we talked about. Appreciate, again, your time. You guys are great. Thank you. Take it Thanks, easy. Thanks, Fabricio. Yeah, go check out that website before you start stuffing bananas in your uh, yeah. gas tank, though. You right. know what two of my favorite things are? Oh, yeah, Back to the Future style. <laughs> yeah. Get Doc on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, gas up the DeLorean. Um, Fintech, Freight Tech. Marriage made oh, in yeah. heaven, right? Not a Absolutely. marriage made in hell, like like dwell hell. Uh, but <laughs> one of the issues is whenever we look at these driver surveys, you know, they, they survey the drivers. They're always different from the carrier responses too. Curious. Sure. Oh how yeah, that they're, is, they're, right? they don't line up. That's part of the big, big issue. The top things for driver satisfaction are always driver pay, 
parking, and dwell time. Yeah, exactly. Always. Those three. Those are the top three every time. We're going to cover pay right now with oh, good. Clarissa Lindemeyer. She's chief of staff and chief brand officer over at GigWage, and her company helps 1099 employees get paid faster. Is that not true, Clarissa? That is absolutely true. <laughs> Awesome. Happy New Maybe Year. we thank- need to hire you in our marketing department. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first of all, thank you for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. Where, where are you coming in from? Where are you starting the new year out at? I'm in Dallas, Texas, which is where we're headquartered. Yeah, I, you know, I noticed I was looking at your your LinkedIn. It seems like not only do you work with GigWage, but you are in that community. You're also a big presence. You do a ton of different work over in the area. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yes, I've been involved in, the, of course, the Dallas business community, as well as the innovation startup and venture capital ecosystem for quite some time now. Um, so I'm excited to be working um, for GigWage full time and helping the company grow and scale around the workforce of the future, which we believe is the 1099 worker uh, people deserve and want to design their life and work and get paid in a timely fashion and and live life to the fullest and that's what we're here to deliver. Awesome stuff. Well, let's let's get to it, Clarissa. Clarissa tells all right in yeah. here or something or explains <laughs> all over that show something like that. Uh, but let, let's get into it. The recent trucker shortage and you know obviously affecting the supply chain, et cetera. How do you guys impact that? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? I'm talking about the driver shortage, right, and how it's uh, definitely affected the supply chains, right? We've got, we've got difficulties in, in moving freight around and that type of stuff. How do you guys impact that through, through uh, your gig wage? Great question. So I think you're absolutely seeing this in the trucker, you know, the truck and driving industry, but you're seeing it in every industry and yeah. really what technology has done and innovation has democratized industries that were allowed to kind of do business as usual. And so with the onset of on-demand delivery, you know, delivery services, Uber, Lyft, there's transportation services that are um, giving our workforce, right, a lot of options about how they can go do work and, of course, get paid. Where, where gig wage really sits in that and how we feel like we address this shorter, the shortage industry or the issue, I should say, is that we get people their money quickly mm-hmm. um, and seamlessly. And we allow businesses to really take better care of their contractor workforce. You know, this is an interesting conversation, and it does expand beyond truckers, especially as we mentioned earlier, we're talking about the great sure. resignation. You know, guys like Antonio Brown yes. quitting the Buccaneers in the middle of a game. He might have to do some 1099 work. He's going to want to get paid pretty quickly. But a lot of people, you know, you're, a lot of people are losing, right? They're losing talent. They're losing staff. And you've got to fill in those gaps with those contract and 1099 workers that extend beyond truckers. Having clarity of pay has to help a bunch. Give us a little insight into that, though. What's been going on in the market, and how has that shifted with the with the uh, 1099 workers over the past, or at least through the pandemic? Well, I think, you know, if you look at even the, the amount of people that left the workforce last month, it's staggering. And I think what the pandemic did was really... Um, rebalance, right? I think you you hear about the great resignation, but really I think what preempted that was this rebalancing of commerce, how businesses do business, how people want to show up to work. Um, there's staggering numbers that most people actually will never return to the workplace uh, in a traditional sense, the way it was before COVID, right? Uh, I used to work with a government agency and their mind was blown 
that when everybody worked from their home, they still had amazing productivity. It took this phenomenal catalyst to, I think, convince antiquated industries and just really traditional industries that we have to look at things differently. People want to be able to live their lives. You even have people, um, if you think about the independent economy, the creator economy, they want to be able to live, um, you know, part-time in Europe, part-time in Asia, part-time in the United States. They want to be able to do their jobs and they want to be able to get paid and they don't want the confines and structure of corporate America to slow them down. Now, obviously, certain jobs come with certain expectations, right? If we're talking about truck driving in particular, um, you can't necessarily, uh, you know, drive your truck over to Asia, right? And so it, it does have certain expectations that come with the role. But I think more than anything, when, when you look at how the space is innovating, there's lots of talk about data. How are the businesses, people that own, you know, truck driving services, how are they evaluating transportation? How are they minimizing costs? How are they outfitting trucks and even moving to autonomous vehicles? Lots of talk around innovation around the vehicle, the technology or the hardware. Where the conversation needs to turn, and that's where we sit in the middle of, is how are you addressing the truck driver experience, right? COVID brought the experience of the worker to the forefront. Whether you wait tables or you work in a gym or you're a healthcare provider, individuals want to feel safe and they want to feel taken care of. And then of course, as we move into the future, they want jobs that feel modern and, and bring them modern day services. So Clarissa, here's my question. In, in driving, in, in, in trucking, we saw a definite move towards the owner operators, right? Oh, Through yeah. the gig guys, right? Yeah. The independent guys. Uh, for, for many different reasons, we don't have to go into those. In other industries, is that also the case or is it a work from home type of stuff? Because work from home is not the same as what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about gig workers in Correct. other industries as well. Has that been the trend as well? I guess any 1099 though, right? I mean, you, you could. Are you 1099? You know, my wife's 1099 home? freelance. Yeah, that's I what I'm saying. Yeah, gig work, worker, sure. freelance guys. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not just straight up employees. Like here, are, yeah. our work from home people aren't 1099. Correct. Right, but others. So what, what are some of the other industries that are this is moving towards? You, you mean as regards to people moving towards a 1099 yes. workforce yes. versus a W-2? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Well, every industry. I mean, by 2023, half of the U.S. workforce will receive a 1099. Yeah, we don't call it the workforce of the future lightly, right? It really, wow. and, and really part of it is because how we expect to receive products and services is modernizing. And that means that not every job means I have to show up in my, my branded uniform and deliver a product or service in the way that we used to expect. Um, there's so much innovation around how people expect things to be consumed or delivered. Of course, the iPhone and, you know, having a computer in your pocket has changed all of that as well. So I think it's really more about how businesses are looking at business opportunities. How are they looking at their P&L, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There are pros and cons to having a 1099 workforce from a financial perspective. Um, but it, Part of it takes an open-mindedness to understand that you can really get value out of a contractor. You don't have to own someone 40 or 50 hours a week, per se, um, to have them do good work. And then, of course, many contractors are, are full-time. So there's also, sure. the, you know, I think the notion that 1099 workers don't work full-time jobs. Uh, but we absolutely know that that's not true.
Oh, yeah, no, and I, th I think you're going to see a ton of people who are moving into that hybrid space of being W-2, yeah. but also doing 1099 work because of the flexibility that work from home gives you. Now, instead of having that free time, you can have some paid time. You can get your services out there. There's a lot of demand out there, right? Absolutely. There's ways to get paid. There's ways Absolutely. to get paid. It's good money. So how yeah. people who want to uh, connect with your service and learn more, where do we send them to? Gigwage.com is the easiest way um, to find us. And I have before I leave, I do have to say one thing that is really, really important, specifically around the trucking industry, and that is there's an underutilization of the workforce as well, right? 47% oh, yeah. of the workforce is female in the United States, and only 6% of truck drivers are females. And that is a missed opportunity. And I think when it comes to a shortage, one that will, you know, acutely address the problem. Uh, we currently work with an organization called Women in Trucking um, and also do business with True North Trucking, who is female founded. And I think, um, you know, the future is female in a lot of regards and definitely in trucking. Now, Excellent. Clarissa, I cut the sound bites for, for this show on my social media, and you gave me two amazing ones today, so I want to thank you for that. <laughs> one was about focusing on the driver experience instead of just technology, and this one about getting more females into trucking. For that, we applaud you. And before you go, spin that wheel of stupid questions for Oh, yeah. 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 Do well, well, do us the honor. You'll be the first stupid question of the year. What do we got? Hey, it is, uh, it is dealer's choice, my friend. Okay. Let's do, we'll, we'll, we'll harken back to one from last year, so we'll settle the debate here. At what point, after what day, right, in, the, in January, is it passe to say Happy New Year? How, like, what's your grace period for saying that? I think it's just the first week. The first week, yeah, I would agree. I agree. First and time then I, and then I move the first on. Week. Yeah. You have to it's see like them the first time that week. They move on. <laughs> first time that week. First time that week. First time that week. We agree. We agree. We agree with a lot. Go check out GigWage. Thank you so much for your time today, Clarissa. Thank you, guys. It's been great. We appreciate it. All right, we got another read here. Okay, China, oh, nice. Vietnam, Belgium, France, Germany, Italy, Switzerland, the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, Canada, and even Mexico. AIT Worldwide Logistics has 2,000 supply chain experts in these countries, and of course, in offices across the United States. And in 2022, they're adding more locations around oh, the world as the organization continues to expand and make it easier than ever for customers to ship between Asia, Europe, and North America. Ready to create a shipping program as unique as your business? You can learn more at, tell them, dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com. I'm still going with no hyphens. Yeah. Well, most people are just going to Google that anyway. Yeah. Type, yeah. I mean, who's like typing just like HTTP colon They're everywhere, dude. Colon, They're, yeah, nobody does that. that. Yeah. All right. Braden Pastel. Pastel I don't want to, I'm going to have him tell us it. Braden is the VP of Transportation Logistics at Uptake. He's with us right now. Happy New Year, uh, Braden. How do I say your last name, sir? Hey guys, it's Braden Pastelonic. Got it. Sounds got like it. some sort of biodiesel no, process. I, I, I've, tried, I, I've, been, uh, I've lost my confidence ever since I started talking about those uh, those biodiesels earlier. Uh, where are you joining us from the, in this new year? Where are you sitting today? I am in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Love it, love it. Things getting back to normal over in Chicago. I was uh, I was just I took a two week road trip up uh, from Chattanooga, from Tennessee, from the south, up to New England. And, you know, you, you turn on the news and you see one world, but you're like out in society and you see uh, a, a different yeah, one. Um, totally. uh, is Chicago getting kind of back to normal? You know, it's it's still pretty, pretty closed down here. Uh, you know, even today we're dealing with my kids back home from school um, <sighs> uh, with a with a, you know, an issue with the teachers and the teacher union. So still a lot of differences that we're fighting through in this in this COVID era. Well, gives you plenty of time to think about fleet maintenance and AI, does it not? <laughs> That's right. Well, tell us a little bit about Uptake. What do you what do you folks do over there? Yeah, absolutely. So Uptake is um, is really a system of industrial intelligence. What we're focused on is 
taking advantage of all of the data that's being produced by these industrial assets and allowing our customers and, and the operators of these assets to, uh, to maintain them more proactively, uh, maintain them on their own schedule, and ultimately you know, keep uptime uh, as high as possible, drivers happy, technicians productive, and, and ultimately lower the cost to maintain these assets. So, so Brayden, obviously a very, very important uh, aspect in, in all industry where you're utilizing machines, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and especially in trucking. And as Duner pointed out, truck fires occurring, several of them, well, right? There's actually a couple in Chicago with carts over Chicago. the weekend. Due to, due to probably old parts, trying right. to keep things running yep. as long as possible. That's got to be essential right now, right, is, is, is what you guys are doing there to understand what is happening with these as parts are in short supply. No, absolutely. When you think about you know, the impact that a catastrophic maintenance event or an unplanned maintenance event has on any industry, it's huge. You, you, you talk about it in trucking, but even think about, you know, the airline industry right now. So if, if an airplane were to go down for some unscheduled maintenance event, it has a cascading impact on the entire, you know, country and, and, and global, you know, transportation economy that just continues to, to waterfall down. So, you know, at Uptake, we work across many industries. We've worked with locomotives, uh, wind turbines, construction equipment, mining equipment, aviation space. We also work in the Department of Defense with the U.S. Army and the Marine Corps. Uh, and really, the, the goal of getting in front of that catastrophic or unplanned maintenance event, um, so you have control. You have the control of, of when to repair that. You have the control of when to order the parts. You can control uh, where that that repair gets done. Make sure you have the technician with the right skill set. So there's a lot of opportunity here uh, that that presents itself and being able to get in front of these these maintenance events. Now, Braden, let me ask you something here. So when we're talking about maintenance and stuff, one of the things too is, especially in this environment where rates have been so elevated for so long, spot rates have been so elevated, there is that, you know, there is that pressure to keep push, send it out on another run, send it out on another run. Mm, and oh yeah. let's say you're a good fleet safety manager. If you don't have data to back this up, right? You're just, you're telling the guy on top of you, hey, I, we can't do it. We got to pull these ones off the line. Without the data, they're going to say, nah, you don't. They're, they're going to Chicago or they're going over, they're going to L.A. to pick up that that container um, Been in that process before. <laughs> so th this is a huge help here as well. Right. in helping you internally formulate your own argument of safety. Yeah, 100 percent. I think, you know, every day, every decision is easier when backed by data. Right. And in the world that we live in now, uh, in, in this this world of remote everything, being able to remotely monitor an asset and being able to remotely diagnose and present that data to an individual who can take action on it uh, really speeds up that process. And then the other thing that I'll say is we all know that you, you know loaded miles is king, right? These trucks mm -hmm. need to continue to, to push out on the road and, 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 and drive revenue for their, their organizations and for their drivers. Um, but ultimately, these trucks come down a, quite a bit. Right. So whether it's for scheduled maintenance, whether it's for some other unscheduled maintenance event, think tires or, you know, something like a, a safety check reveals a, a loose mud flap. Right. It's going to go down for 30 minutes or an hour. We need to give the fleet operators the opportunity to to make these proactive repairs at that point as well. Right. So it's not just pulling this truck off the road saying, hey, it might catch on fire in the next seven days. 
we could have three, four, five months advance warning of that potential issue that we could make a quick fix on and never see that catastrophic event down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very important. That's what I was thinking about as well. Now, the opposite of what of what Dooner was saying, those that want to stay on top of their equipment and do stay on top of their equipment, there's got to be benefits there as well, right? The driver comes in or whomever saying, hey, there's issues with this. It's yeah. making a weird noise. No guessing, right? You already know what to do. Yeah. And and the beauty of, his, of it is you don't even have to wait for the driver, right? Proactively, from a maintenance operations perspective, hey, we can give a call out to the driver and we can say, hey, we noticed something's happening with your, your DPF. Your differential pressure is running higher than it has the past three weeks. We want to pull you in for service so you don't derate and get stranded on the side of the road. We've got you scheduled on Saturday during your planned downtime. We're going to make that fix and we're going to get you ready for your next route on Monday morning. Right. So it's about being proactive and, and with a driver that's super helpful, with a technician that's super helpful. We talked about parts availability. Do you do you have the ability to start ordering parts in advance of that particular event? Um, all with the goal of making that repair in the least amount of time to to create the least impact on that driver. Brayden, how dire do you think this part shortage is going to get for trucks as we move into this year? It's looking pretty bad. I mean, some of these parts yeah. that are not not just in unavailability, but in cost, too. I mean, some of these like there's there's a part we're going to talk about later in the show that's like five hundred that is five hundred dollars off the rack. But right now it's selling on eBay for over five thousand yeah. dollars because you can't get them. They're, uh, CP4s. Yep. Yeah. It, it, you know, it will continue to be a major challenge this year, not only in the price, but the timing we've seen. You know, parts that that used to be readily available now take, you know, four to six weeks to arrive at a certain location where they can be put onto the truck. So it is going to be more important than ever to be proactive in the way that we we plan everything related to to the operations of these uh, of these fleets. And, and, you know, maintenance is a big part of that. So, yes, the the part shortage will be a, a huge factor as we look into 2022. Well, Brayden, for people who want to take the guesswork out of fleet maintenance and, uh, you know, uh, get in touch with your team. Where do we send them to? Absolutely. So easiest way is uptake.com. You can learn a lot about our work uh, in the space, the value that we create, uh, case studies on how we've you know reduced roadside breakdowns by up to 25% for some of our customers. Um, so uptake.com, take a look at all of our information and you can connect with one of our uh, our sales team members there as well. Now, Braden, we have to uh, ask you our stupid question of the day oh, before yeah. we let you go. And, um, you know, if this was a little earlier in the week, I would have said, when do you have to turn off the Christmas music, right? Yeah. But since, yeah, we're yeah, after yeah. Happy, since we're after the New Year's, when's the last day you can officially wish someone a happy New Year? Oh, that's good. So I usually give it, uh, I would say, a week back uh, into the normal working environment. So, so one week back from that Monday when we get started, and we got to cut it off that week. Yeah. Amen. Especially an acquaintance or somebody you don't really know. Somebody you know like really well, maybe a little bit different, right? You're walking still, down though. the street, yeah. just Happy New Year. Yeah. Or when you go to Walmart with your uh, your Oculus on in the yeah. metaverse. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Take it easy. All right. Now let's talk about dwell time and, and the hell that is dwell it. and how to make it better and what tech can do and all that kind of good stuff. we got Greg Braun. <laughs> He's the chief <laughs> revenue officer over at C3 Solutions. And today we hope he has some for us, because wait times, they don't look good. They never no. look good. No. And, uh, you know, when your truck is broken down and you're not moving, you're not making money. No. When your truck is working and you're sitting at a dock, you're not making money either if you're just sitting there. For 160 minutes. Right? Greg, thanks for joining <laughs> us, sir. Happy New Year, by the way. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, and Happy New Year to you as well. Now, you are an expert in uh, dock scheduling and yard management over at C3 Solutions. Tell us a little bit about it, Greg. 
Well, hey, um, C3, I mean, we're a supply chain software company and we specialize in, in yard management and dock scheduling. Um, and if you look at it, a lot of uh, most providers out there, they kind of treat yard and dock as, as one thing. And, and we can do that as well. But the majority of our customers either do one thing, one or the other, meaning yard or, or uh, dock um, scheduling. So our typical yard customer is, is usually like a large retailer with, with a massive distribution center. Um, we're talking like hundreds of trailers on site and, and at least five or more dedicated yard drivers or yard dogs. And, and the big value add that we provide them is, um, you know, in addition to giving them visibility on their trailer inventory, is we're able to, to optimize the utilization of these yard, yard dogs. So, you know, we can minimize the empty distance they travel, ensuring that each move is done optimally. So we can generally improve their, uh, you know, their, their, their yard driver productivity by as much as 30% and, and improve their trailer turns by another 15%. Now, the other aspect of our solution is the dock scheduling. And, and that challenge for our customers is a little different, obviously. And typically, you know, we're, the customers we deal with, um, their, their big challenge is, is they want to even out that flow of trailers that are arriving at their warehouse. And, and again, in terms of volumes, uh, you know, on the low end, our customers might be getting 60 trailers a day. And, and on the high end, it, we're talking multiple thousands of trailers per day. So our system, in this case, is going to allow those customers to build a plan that allows them to optimize that, that flow of trailers and, and, and ultimately the throughput of their warehouse. And then we allow them also to automate the scheduling of the plan by having carriers make the appointments over the web. So we add value by improving the warehouse throughput, eliminating the clerical effort of, of actually taking those appointments, and most importantly, by reducing the driver wait time. Um, because, I mean, the, one of the things that we've been uh, and I know you guys do this a lot as well, is just trying to encourage the idea to our customers of being a shipper of choice. Um, but hold and, on a second. Let's, 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 uh, hold, on, hold on. Let's not go too deep in the weeds here. Let's not go too deep in the yeah, weeds here. Right. Um, uh, cool. Let's look at some of those wait times. We have a, we have a shot from our, our ch uh, from Sonar, our data platform here. Tell, tell me what we're looking at here, yep. Michael Vincent. Yeah, so what you're looking at in blue is that is the USA right now. That's a past, uh, well, it's past uh, all, basically, from 2018, beginning of 2018, mid-18, uh, all the way through uh, yesterday. Wait times in blue, and you can see them start to tick up a little bit, but they came up and they've remained out. Elevated. And then you're looking at the uh, five or four of the largest markets. You're looking at uh, green is Ontario, California, large at 160 minutes. Yeah. You got uh, uh, or, uh, Columbus, Ohio, and Orange, which is a big distribution at 124. Dallas at 100, about 142, 143. And Atlanta at 140, uh, at 143 wait times. The, nobody, it, they're not coming down. Yeah. That down tick that you see at the oh. end of this, that's a regular holiday seasonal thing. It's going to bounce right back up. Uh, in the next day or two. So, Greg, what the hell? What's going on? Why why don't these go down? Well, you know what? It's 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 pretty crazy. When when the, the kind of when customers call us, where people call us and, and they need help, um, they basically are, are are coming from what I call the information dark ages. Because and a lot of these companies, they're state of the art companies. They have the best ERP and transport management systems imaginable. But when it comes to scheduling their trucks they don't do anything um and, and in fact one you know and we we have, we have this catchphrase at, at c3 is like don't let it be christmas every morning because uh you know i always talk to people i always ask people what do you guys do now how do you manage your schedule and one of these guys came back and he said well for us it's christmas every morning 
We just, you know, we get up, you know, we show up, we open up the doors and it's a big surprise. And when you do that kind of thing, you know, that's just going to mean massive, uh, you know, wait time for drivers. And it's just no longer, you, you can't do that kind of thing anymore. Well, you know, the other side but surprisingly, that, yeah, the other side oh, of that, right. Greg, it's surprising that they're doing that because it's not just the driver. They don't have to have this, uh, you know, charitable view of helping the driver out. Sure. It's manpower on your dock, my friend. How does it connect to that? And what can it do, be no, utilized exactly. there, right? No, exactly. I mean, and that's part of the, you know, of the benefit that we add to our customers is that we, you know, because every operation, every operator kind of knows what his optimal flow is. Like they, there are certain loads that you want to, minimize the number of those like floor loaded floor loaded trailers you, you only want to receive those at the beginning of the shift you want to minimize the number of those you have and so forth so there's all these things that we, you know we're able to put that into our system so that now um automate when we automate the actual scheduling piece it's not going to be a free-for-all uh so so that's you know, to your point, that's you have to be able to, to to set things up in such a way as to to optimize your own you know labor as well well, if you really want to get truckers upset, you can start talking about the driver shortage, especially to one who's been yeah. waiting for 12 hours at a dock, right? <laughs> Very I mean, true. How much yeah. dock efficiency, if we restore some dock efficiency, how much capacity do you think is added back to the market? And how much of this driver shortage goes away? Well, you know, that's that's a really great question. And, um, and, and I know that the whole concept, like you say, of driver shortage, it, it is somewhat controversial out there. And, and, you know, I don't know if you guys have, have ever encountered – uh, Dr. David Carell out of MIT, uh, and he actually he, he co-directs this uh, the MIT Freight Lab, and and he actually recently did he he, he testified before Congress, uh, you know, to the House Committee on on Transportation and Infrastructure, and his point was there there really isn't a driver shortage. There's a driver utilization problem, and you know, and 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 you guys point out almost every every episode that. I mean, drivers are waiting way too much. I mean, if yeah. their research showed that, you know, a, a regular truckload driver is driving 6.5 hours per day uh, out of the 11 hours that he's eligible to drive. So from their perspective, if you do the math and, you know, the number out there all the time is, is that we're, you know, where there's about 80,000 drivers, you know, we're short 80,000 drivers. So if you do the math, if you were to reduce the wait time by 18 minutes per yeah. driver, the driver shortage problem goes away. So, yeah. you know, and those are just the numbers. Well, why don't they say, like, why isn't this a bigger topic at these the, these conventions, right? They have these conventions. I mean, the ATA just had a convention where they touted that big $80,000 number, right? But yeah. th th there's not really a talk about the actual solutions to it, right? Make, make Creating these efficiencies, making a better work environment, considering the driver experience, considering the dock worker experience. They're not listening to the drivers. They're not listening to the source of the problem. They just keep saying, well, maybe we need younger drivers. Maybe we need to try and entice people in with bigger uh, sign-on bonuses and stuff like yeah, that. But they just leave, right? I mean, then if, if you have leave. people to wash out within a year and a half and and you don't improve conditions yeah, they're just churn and burn isn't the way to solve the issue within a year and a, yeah it doesn't solve the issue at all you are helping to solve the issue people who want to connect with you and learn more where do we send them to greg well c3solutions.com if you go to our website we've got a great resource center um you, you know we've got a lot of content out there on, on the types of solutions that you know just in general what can be done and obviously you can also sign up for for some of our content a demo uh, we'd be more than happy to show you how you can, you know, reduce that, you know, improve the throughput of your warehouse, but you know, most, most importantly, reduce that driver wait time.
Now, Greg, before yeah. we let you go, last day you can pull up to that dock and wish someone a happy new year. When's the last day of uh, January where, where it suddenly becomes past day or awkward? Well, you know what? I mean, in, biz- I mean, in business, I, I, I would usually go about to the middle of January. I know a lot of your other listeners were, or your guests were saying first week. I, I put it out to about the middle. All right, yeah. I got you. Middle he's a little nicer than, than most of us, see? He's a nice well, he's oh, got can- Canadian. I'm Canadian. He's got Canadian you know, blood. Canadian I was going to say, he's got Canadian blood you in him. You don't have to apologize for that, Greg. We love you guys <laughs> no, up you there. <laughs> hey, thank you. thank you so much for joining us. And by the way, thank you for matching your room to our set here. I love the red curtains. We appreciate it. Yeah, you know, you like the red? Yeah, yeah I sure do. Yeah. Like, like your flag, too, like the maple leaf. <laughs> Great. Take it easy. <laughs> Perfect, guys. Thanks a lot. Greg. Good stuff. Yeah, what the truck and the Canadian maple leaf. All right. So every Tuesday, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have yesterday off. I didn't have yesterday off. I had to catch up on all the freight news I missed while I was away and and write a newsletter because every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, the What the Truck newsletter comes out. It's free. You can subscribe to it going by going to freightwaves.com/wtt and you'll get it in your inbox. Now we're gonna go inside it. Music to my ears. You've got mail. You ever have one of those like baby sound machines for your kids? Some people use those for travel. I just use like the dial tone connecting thing. Just a, just a loop. <laughs> you just have a loop my, there my of a modem going off. Hey, look at this tweet from Lee Clasco <laughs> from Bloomberg. He's been at a number of FreightWaves events, and he was talking about the North American spot truckload market. He said rates increased 31% in 20 there it is in 2021 on top of the nine percent raise the previous year based on truckstop.com's data which is also in sonar um he expects spot rates to remain above historic levels in 2022 even as they continue to moderate from their highs translate that for me it's not going away fast and uh contract rates went up uh and we're not solving the capacity issue very quickly and i think carriers are uh, realizing their value a little bit more going to hold on to those increases i think they are yeah. And so spot and capacity going spot rates and contract rates, are they going up in lockstep? They're both pushing upwards? Uh, fairly, yes. Yeah. Which yeah, is interesting. Like, the problem is too, there's no cavalry on the way. As we said, no. there's the there's the partials who are probably gonna lose some capacity. You know, there is the issue with uh, you know, we haven't solved the retention problem in trucking, so there is that issue. There's still a 13-month backlog. If you've ordered a new class A truck, you're not getting that until February or March. Of not this year, 2023. So there are there are some long waits, and there are a lot a lot of headwinds um, that we still have to counterbalance. What about over? Well, also, also, can you good. show that Antonio? Yeah, just can you show that board. Just show that, show that up there. Uh, King of the Great Resignation, <laughs> Antonio Brown, <laughs> over at the port. The other thing to watch out. Uh, <laughs> the other thing, there's two things to watch out. The seventh of this month, there is a special session that's talking about vax mandates. Now, based on what Marty Walsh said, we thought we were in the clear. We thought truck drivers were in the clear, right? Yeah, right. On vax mandates, right. Turns out we may not be. So January 7th, we hope to get more clarity. I think cooler heads may prevail. That's my prediction on this one. John Kingston also points out that this year, the other huge development is still the issue of worker classification. He does say that that may get pushed out to 2023. Also, we mentioned parts a bunch. Take a look at this picture from a New York, New Jersey Pier Trucker. They're showing one of those parts. who's that CPC4 monitor that, that they need for their Freightliner Cascadia. Usually 400 bucks. now over $5,000 on eBay. I looked it up. That's that's insane. And all these things, what they what they prove, Dooner, there are just so many moving parts to the issues that we have right now that there's going to be these starts and stutters and issues throughout all the different things that are going on here, man. It's not just a, hey, we stop buying some things and things pick up. Yeah. 
That that's that's not. What's hey, no, you can set your watch to the Port of L.A. canceling that 12 fee. They did it again on Monday <laughs> for the tenth time. So maybe we'll never see that one. That's right. Hey, what's the longest you've ever been stuck in traffic? Now I drove. There was 19. It was about 19 hours driving from Chattanooga to uh, the New England area, and then about 19 hours back. Fortunately, no major incidents along the way. We did stop. I did have a hotel room, but all told, about 19 hours driving. Yeah, so North Texas coming back from ski trip going back into Dallas when I was, I don't know, f- uh, probably 18, 19, no, probably 20 years old. Yeah. Uh, from dusk to dawn, I'm not sure exactly, but it was 10 hours. Well, check out Senator Tim Kaine here. He was stuck for over 19 hours for the length of that trip from Chattanooga to Boston. Aye. He was stuck between a few exits in Virginia on Monday uh, into Tuesday, actually. I mean, this wasn't just Monday. It went all the way into Tuesday, because uh, it was only it was 11 inches of snow. We would laugh yeah. at that in Ohio or Boston, but in sure. Virginia, they don't have the infrastructure. No, they don't. And when Isn't it comes on too fast. What are we oh. talking about? Infrastructure, sustainability. Driver pay, I think those will all be big issues this year. Yeah, kind of big. Infrastructure going to be a big Yeah, and those 10, those 10 hours there, 19 hours there, added to the 18 minutes. But you already know about that. Look <laughs> at Emily Slaughter. She's a truck driver. She says, here currently stuck on I-95 southbound. For all reading, if you're stuck and or know someone else in this mess, tell them to reach out to any truckers for food, water, if needed. They carry extra for situations like this. I love hearing about this goodwill from people. Tim Kane, again, the Senator Tim Kane, he was stuck in there for 19 hours. He said a Connecticut family walked past him in a packed car from Florida. They started passing out oranges. And also, we saw a truck driver here. He saw this one truck, this one car across from there sitting there for hours. And he said, you know what? I got some extra microwave meals. So take a look at this video. Let's see what this gentleman does. Look at that. He heated it up, got right out of his truck, and brought him those uh, sausage Biscuits, wonderful to a hungry family. He didn't need to do that, but he did anyway. Drivers taking care of the USA. They're taking care of us now. This is still what the truck. All right, coming up. Waves now. (laughs) We got one more here too. Look at this baking company. This was a really, really cool gesture too. Was from um, uh, was from this baking company. There's people stuck by it. Do you guys have this picture? The people stuck by the baking truck. Yeah. People stuck by the baking truck. I have it. It's in the channel. I can describe it. I got it. it. Anyways, there was a baking company, Schmidt Baking, that one right there, Schmidt Baking Company. Um, They had a bread truck stuck in traffic around everybody, right? And people said, hey, what if I called the baking company and asked if we could just, you know, crack it open? We could do a one off here. We can get some bread. We can feed some of these people stuck in traffic. Yeah, that's great. You know what the baking company did? They did. They did. God bless. They said, go for it. Too bad it wasn't a boar's head. Right next to it. Want one last nice thing before we go? Yeah, I do. Take a look at this doggy. I love nice. Take a look at this doggy right here. Start the year off right. Doggy Clifford was he's called Clifford by the truck driver who found him on the side of the road over New Jersey on the turnpike over there. He was running around for about an hour. He got himself lodged between the uh, transmission, the wheels over there of the truck. Eventually, they were able to coax him out, bring that dog back home, or at least bring him to the shelter. That guy felt good. That truck driver, you know what he said? This is going to be a good omen for 2022. We hope Amen. so. Amen. The truck was a good omen for you. We'll be back Friday at noon Eastern time. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Just look at What the Truck or download the Freightways app and watch our faces. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Duna. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Tell him how to be. Hey, peace and love. Spread it everywhere.